Tara was telling me about the cinnamon roll. I knew I wasn't hungry, she said, and I only kind of sort of wanted it, but I didn't feel like I could say no because that's restriction. Everyone says if you want to get over binge eating, you can't restrict. So once the idea of the cinnamon roll entered my mind, I felt like I was supposed to go eat it, no matter what, so that I'm not restricting. When I first heard clients say things like this, I was shocked. I was like, who's saying that? Are you sure you didn't misunderstand them? They really want you to eat everything that crosses your mind as soon as you want it? But then it happened again, and again, and again. And now it happens on a regular basis. Clients in our group often have gotten the idea from other groups or other coaches that you cannot try to lose weight and you cannot say no to a food once you want it because those two things mean you have fallen into dieting and you will fail at binge eating recovery. Well, I say that's bull. This is the Breaking Up with Binge Eating podcast where every listen moves you one step closer to complete food freedom. Hosted by me, Georgie Fear, and my co-coach, Mary-Claire Brescia. My clients often ask me what I think about intuitive eating. Now, intuitive eating can mean a lot of different things. It's been popularized by a really wonderful best-selling book, and it's also a very popular theme in many Facebook groups. It's also something that many counselors and health practitioners use as an ethos, and I think that is all fine and great. However, there can be an interpretation of intuitive eating, which equates to eat everything the second you want it, and you are not allowed to say no. I see some problems with this approach. Is it just me? The proponents of this message warn that if you don't say yes, you are restricting, and any form of restriction is a one-way street to binge eating. So if you crave oatmeal cookies, they say you should go get some oatmeal cookies. If you want apple pie, well, the right thing to do is go buy and eat apple pie. Do you feel like french fries dipped in mayonnaise, topped with crushed animal crackers? Well, you know what to do. The scientific basis of this approach is that it contradicts the impression that food is scarce. Trying to limit the amount of food we eat to a certain number of calories or forbidding certain foods, basically the process of following a diet, can have the side effect of making food seem scarce in our minds, and that can make it super valuable. After all, when something's rare, its value goes through the roof. If diamonds were as common as plain old driveway gravel, they wouldn't fetch high prices. So if we make all foods available in unlimited quantities, essentially the opposite of scarcity, it can help us calm down and realize we don't have to eat everything right this minute. There will be more ice cream later, and tomorrow, and the day after that. In my experience, this abundance mindset can be really helpful, and I use it in helping clients end binges, because the extreme quantities of food don't seem necessary once we settle into the idea there's more than enough food for us, including tasty things like Pop-Tarts and cupcakes or whatever else we want. However, to get into an abundance mindset, I don't think a person has to actually eat everything that crosses their mind. I think that's taking it a little too far. While the approach can help reduce the size of binges, saying yes to food all the time tends to perpetuate the pattern of emotional eating. It also leads to weight gain and can actually hinder people from developing some of the necessary mental and emotional skills that they need to reach a healthy relationship with food. I'll say that again. 
It can help people stop binging or make the binges smaller, but it can prevent them from ever reaching a healthy relationship with food. For some people, intuitively eating chocolate all the time doesn't ever give way to naturally craving salad or more balanced meals. They just eat a lot of chocolate. While it can help reduce stress around food, this process does cause weight gain. Sometimes people gain 20, 30, or more pounds taking a stab at intuitive eating. Additionally, the logic that eating absolutely everything you desire is the only way to recover from binge eating, it falls flat when I see people all the time recover using alternate methods. When people say that that's the only way to get better, I feel like they're saying something like, there is no such thing as trees, they aren't real. But then I look at my window and I see a bunch of tall, leafy things. I mean, how can you say that no other way exists when lots of people are examples of getting better without using that approach? Anyway, if you buy into this idea and you have found it helpful to you, please keep going. If you're reaching your goals and reducing or avoiding binges, if your body is doing what you want it to be doing, don't let anyone, including me, change your course. You do you. Keep doing what's working. My concern is that I see people who believe this approach and have bought in and tried it, but it's just not working. They're gaining weight, or they're continuing to binge, or both. Here are three points I want to make. One, I can't in good conscience tell people that they're doomed to binge if they decide to say no thanks to a free donut. Not only do I firmly believe that it's just not true, it's actually counterproductive. And telling people things like that can prevent them from healing. Here's why. Negative fortune-telling, or predicting doom and gloom for somebody, can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we think, every time I stop at that gas station, it's always a free-for-all in the snack store. It's always going to be that way. Well, that line of thinking is going to get us stuck in the pattern, and every time we pull into that gas station, we'll be like, here I go again, and we'll go through the same old song and dance. It's much more helpful to hear, even if we've been doing something in a particular context in the past, we have the ability to grow and change and do better in that same situation in the future. And I fully believe that that is true. I mean, if a person doesn't believe that their clients can change, why are they in the coaching business? You have to have faith in people to help them develop faith in themselves. If we set our expectations low, people will meet them. And that includes the expectations we set for ourselves. Now, there is a grain of truth. Saying no to all sorts of fun foods, as many people have done in the past, it can absolutely backfire and lead to binge eating. But I don't think it's accurate to say that a single instance of saying no thank you automatically makes a person 100% for sure headed for a binge. There's no reason it has to. Why can't a person just say no thanks and move on? If they don't feel deprived, then there's no reason that you should tell them they're depriving themselves. You are not that fragile. I believe you can handle not having everything you want the second you want it. I mean, look at your life right now. Probably there are some things that you desire that you're not going to have immediately or today. And you probably aren't having a meltdown over it. You're dealing with it. You're going on and living your life. You're able to exist in a state of wanting something, even if you don't have it right away. Two, I really want people to be able to pursue their goals. 
And if we take the approach of you have to satisfy all your instant gratification desires all the time, that tends to impede working on any long-term aspirations. Progress toward long-term goals requires being able to choose a future reward over an immediate reward. Mary Claire and I, we encourage our clients to think about their long-term goals. They all want a happy relationship with food, and most of them also want to weigh less down the road. In some cases, their doctor has advised that it's good for their health if they can reduce their body weight. So if we told them, well, you have to say yes to every food that enters your mind with even the slightest hint of desire, you must go eat it, well, we'd kind of be setting them up to never reach their weight loss goals. And we'd also be setting them up for a lifetime of emotional eating. Consider this. Would you raise your child with the strategy that he must have everything he wants right now? I propose that you would want your child to be able to handle hearing no, or you can have that later. You would want your child to be able to meet goals like graduating school or saving money for a house or a car. Those things aren't going to happen without learning to go to class, even if watching television seems more fun. Your child won't be able to save money if they learn from you that they must immediately buy everything they see that they desire. Similarly, holding down a job isn't going to work out if they only go to the office when they feel like it would be fun that day. No matter how long you gave your child the choice between doing homework and watching television, they're not going to spontaneously decide to do the homework. In the same way, people who love sugar and hate vegetables are not going to start ordering kale salads after some dessert-laden initial phase. Hyperpalatable foods will overwhelmingly win the battle of what sounds best right now. 3. If we encourage people to eat with no discriminating criteria, it impairs a person from learning to assess food options and make a choice. After all, there's a lot of things to consider that might make saying yes or no the better decision for us at any given moment. It's not just about how enjoyable the food is or whether we want it or not in the taste sense. We also have personal goals and we have personal values. So then, where do we go with food decisions? Here are some points just for starters. One, taste your food. When you slow down and savor the things that you choose to eat, that can help you see what is truly worth it, and that can inform your future decisions. If something's not all that tasty, that might help you decide, you know, next time I'm at this restaurant, I'm not going to have this thing, even though it sounds good. Second, make observations, not just immediately, but for hours and days after a decision. Practice connecting the choices you make to the outcomes you get. And that will help you predict in the future whether you want to say yes or no to that food. We can see what really happens when you eat pepperoni pizza at 3 a.m. We can see what really happens if you drink the fourth beer. Or what happens if you order the medium instead of the large. What happens right away? What happens an hour later or the next morning? There may be some feedback in here from your body and your mind that you just ignored if you always said yes or always said no. Three. Notice how frequency impacts our enjoyment of a food. You might not feel like a particular special food is as special if you start eating it every single day. Similarly, even regular foods that we enjoy, we might not like if we have them too frequently. We can kind of burn out on them. So notice if you've been having the same thing too often and you're enjoying it less, 
Maybe you want to switch it up, have something different. Four, notice how your expected enjoyment of a food and your actual enjoyment of a food can be really different. This can help you in the future to pass on things which aren't high enjoyment and say yes please to the foods and experiences that you find extra wonderful. Five, explore emotional coping and expression skills. I can't stress this one enough. When you have these skills, food isn't your only option for numbing or dealing with your feelings. Many people find they instantly want food when they feel stressed or upset. But if you keep practicing reaching for food when these emotions come up, you never get to try the other tactics, like accepting the feeling, or working through it with physical activity, or expressing yourself to another person to get some relief and resolution. Six, tune into how your body feels when you're trying to make a food decision. Sometimes it will want food, and sometimes it won't want food. Seven, remember that you can honor both your nutrition goals and your desires for other pleasure in life. You can have both. I encourage you to have both. If you try and choose always for pleasure or always for health, both of those extremes have some drawbacks. Most people want to sometimes say yes to the pleasant thing and sometimes say yes to the healthy thing, and that's a great balance. I guess that's the theme of this whole episode. You're not a one-dimensional person, and so you shouldn't always have the same answer for food choices. If you're listening to your values, your goals, your body, and your emotions, sometimes you'll say yes, and sometimes you'll say no. In summary, I disagree with the idea that intuitive eating or recovering from binge eating means that you have to eat everything the second you want it. I don't think it's fair to call it restriction when you simply might be deciding you don't want something right now. There's a big difference between restricting yourself and knowing that you really are fine as you are and you don't need anything additional. I hope I've given you some things to think about today. I look forward to seeing you next week as we continue breaking up with binge eating. <laughs>